so the Lord put a message on my heart. I captioned, take heed how you build. I know God is talking to me and he's also talking to you because you are called alongside the vision. The vision is to be with Christ for eternity. What a wonderful vision. Be with Christ for eternity. And our mission is to help this generation walk with God and prepare a people ready for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you can imagine the foundation has been laid by the grace of God and the Lord would want you and I to be mindful of what material we use in building. Why this message? I will tell you one reason. Because in the fourth year, in the fifth year, in the sixth year, in the seventh year, which the Lord shows me four years ahead, if Jesus tarries. Mind you, God can show you 10 years ahead, 20 years ahead, but he can choose to truncate that process because Jesus Christ will come at a time that nobody knows. Even he himself does not know except the Father. Okay, according to scripture. I'm just quoting scripture. So, God can show us all the revelations what he wants to do, but he can still choose to intercept it, truncate it because when he comes, whatever he says he will do will be done in a better way in the world to come. Hallelujah. That is why we have to, you know, follow even when he says that he's going to do in the next hundred years, you follow, but he can choose to come before that hundred years is over. Father, we bless you. So take heed how you build because the building must fit into the foundation. Can you imagine having a, a foundation that is triangular in shape and then you try to build a rectangular building on a triangular foundation? Or you have a square-shaped foundation and then you build a rectangular building on that square shape. It still wouldn't fit into it. In other words, what God wants to do should not be different from what he has done with us as a ministry in the past three years. If anything is going to be said, if anything is going to be uh, communicated, it must still be in the light of of what has been communicated in the past three years. That is not to say that whether me or any other person will preach, you should come and preach the same thing. But as we listen to the same messages that have been preached in the past three years, what we have done, the structures we put in place, you will discover that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the more you listen to these messages, the more you get the understanding to add on to the foundation so that we can become a mighty oak tree the Lord spoke about last Sunday. Glory be to God. So I will share a portion of scripture with us and that will set the pace as far as building on the foundation that we have laid for the past three years is concerned. And that is from 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let me read from the New King James Version of the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I'll read the first 15 verses. You can even choose to read the whole of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. But let me just limit myself to the first 15 verses. Okay. Apostle Paul is writing here to the Corinthian church. And then he said, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual, 
In fact, the New King James says, as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are still not able. At the time he was writing to them, they still could not handle solid food. So he still had to be feeding them with milk like babes. Verse 3. For you are still carnal. For where, where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Meaning we are not mere men. If you are a child of God, you are extraordinary. So when you begin to live the normal human life as a child of God, God calls you carnal. Someone who is in the flesh and you behave like mere men. Verse 4 says, For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul? The man writing here is called Paul. And then he asks the question, Who then is Paul? I like that. And who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one. Verse 6, I planted. Apollos watered. But God gave the increase. And please take note of this verse 6 because it's a key in helping us to take heed how we build. Verse 6. I'll come back to it, okay? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. 8. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. And each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. Oh, what a privilege to be called a fellow worker of God. God can choose to do it all by himself. But he makes you and I fellow workers with his son Jesus Christ and with the Holy Spirit. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. God likens the church to a field like a farm, a farmland, and then also to a building. According to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. That is what some of us have been used by God to do for the past three years. By the grace of God, I have laid the foundation. Then he said, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. This is where my theme came from. Take heed how you build. Verse 11. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And please, you can confirm or otherwise whether for the past three years any other foundation has been laid apart from the foundation which is Jesus Christ. Anybody who can pinpoint that this foundation is not of Christ, this foundation 
this particular aspect in the past three years is not of Jesus Christ. It's free to air it out so we can correct ourselves or you're even free to leave us because you realize that we are building on a different foundation other than Christ. But my conscience bears me witness today that for the past three years, we have not laid any other foundation except the foundation which is Jesus Christ. And so I believe that we are in the same shoes with Apostle Paul. And therefore, it's important that we receive the message, take heed how you build. Because if the foundation has been laid, then don't build any other thing as apart from that which is patterned after the foundation. Like I said from the beginning, if the foundation is rectangular, then the building must be rectangular. You can't build a square foundation and build a triangular building on it. Or a ship, even if you say this is a ship house, it must fit into the foundation. Verse 12. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day, and take note of the spelling of day in the New King James Version is spelled with capital D-A-Y. So it's a special day, the day of reckoning, the day of accountability, the day when we shall appear before the judgment seat of Christ to give account of our souls. So for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. Take note of that also. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. What kind of material is this work made of? Is it gold? Is it silver? Is it precious stone? Is it wood? Is it hay or straw? Hallelujah. Verse 14. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Say amen to the reading of God's word. Hallelujah. What a communication, child of God. God is talking to you and me here. Before I even go into verses, which I said take note of, what is scripture referring to when it says that on the day of reckoning, everything shall be revealed by fire? What kind of fire is scripture referring to? Those who have followed my messages. I think in the, 20, in the year 2018, I actually spoke about that fire when I was talking about the judgment seat of Christ. That when we appear before the judgment seat of Christ, scripture talks about Jesus who has the eyes like a flame of fire. You can read Revelations 1, 13 and 14. Revelations 2, 18. But let me just read 19 just to confirm. 19 verse 11 to 13. Revelations 19, 11 to 13. These two, three scriptures I've mentioned, you can just read them yourself. But let me just, just to make you know that it's in scripture. So I'll read 11 and 13, 11 to 13 of Revelations 19. Now I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. This has to do with Jesus coming back to the earth at the end 
um, of the seven year period after we have gone to heaven coming back to the earth with the saints and with the holy angels for war to fight the battle of Armageddon okay and verse 12 says his eyes were like a flame of fire you will find this phrase in Revelations 1 13 and 14 Revelation 2 18 and here in Revelation 19 he says it again his eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns he had a name written that no one knew except himself he was clothed with a rope dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God I hope you know that Jesus is the word in John 1 in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was God and that's Jesus Christ so Jesus in his glorified state has his, his eyes like a flame of fire. What does that mean? So when we appear before the judgment seat of Christ, what he's going to do is that he will look through your works. He will look through my works. He is going to test our works with a fire that proceeds from his eyes. Think about it. He will look through my works and there when your works, what you built on the foundation, which is Jesus Christ, if it was of wood, of hay, of straw, of stubble, the King James says stubble, then it will burn to ashes, according to scripture. In other words, it depends on the motive with which you are building on the foundation, which is Jesus Christ. The motive, the brain behind what you are doing, what you are doing. The brain behind the work you are doing. The brain behind why you even go to church. The brain behind why you have joined a particular department. The brain behind why you give what you give in church. The brain behind, the motive it's going to be judged. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that we just read, he describes the various building blocks. Okay? The various building blocks have been described in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Alright. Let me just bring them back again. Verse, verse 11, it says, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, so some of us may be used by God, and if your motive is of God, and you are building according to God's pattern, you are building on the foundation with, with God's mission in mind, with the vision of God in mind, the Bible describes it as gold or silver or precious stone. Because when gold, silver or precious stone goes through fire, when they go through fire, they get refined. They don't get burned. You can't burn gold to ashes. Gold passing through fire gets better. It begins to glitter. It shines. It gets improved. So yes, because of the the flesh that can sometimes embellish the work that we do, our works must be paid. In other words, it is true that you have a good motive, but still it will be judged, it will be tested. If it is of gold, 
if it's of silver and it's of precious stones, it will even get better. It will be refined. Alright? Then he also mentions wood, hay, and straw. For wood, for hay, and for straw, remember when they go through fire, they burn to ashes. So if your motive, the constitution of your heart, the mentality that you have behind the work of the ministry, behind your services to God, if it is contrary to the will of God, if and it is only God who can do this. Because only God can tell whether somebody who has come around is a sheep or is a wolf in sheep clothing. Because we look at the outward appearance, God looks at the heart. So God knows our heart and therefore he can judge our hearts and tell what kind of material with which we are building. And so on the day of reckoning, he will judge every one of us. He will look through our works with the eyes that are like unto a flame of fire. And if your works were of the flesh, if they were not of God, if they were born of a different motive other than God's motive, then God describes your works as wood, hay, or straw. Certainly, when the, when the eyes that are like a flame of fire looks through such works, you will suffer loss. I think that's a waste of time. Is that, is that not so? I think that is a waste of efforts, a waste of energy. And that is why God is telling you and me, take heed how you build. Because I don't think in our in our in the genuineness of our quest to serve God, we want to suffer loss at the end of it all. We want to come to the place where at the end of it all, God will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Look at look at verse verse 14. Okay. Even before the verse 14, verse 13 says, Each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. And I've told you what the fire is. And the fire will test one's work, each one's work, of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, which he has built on it, which he has built on the foundation. In other words, if you pattern your work after Jesus Christ, after what God has given us as a foundation, if you pardon on it, then your work will endure. In other words, it will survive the fire. It will not burn to ashes. If it endures, he will receive a reward. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that on the day of reckoning, we will not bow our heads in shame and say, oh God, I miss it. Yes, you yourself, you are saved as if by fire, but you miss it because it is salvation is the ticket that gives us entry into the kingdom then your works will follow you but your works will not just be rewarded it will be tested with fire and we say the fire is his eyes that are like a flame of fire and so he looks through your works if your works endure if your works survive the fire then you will be rewarded look at verse 15 if anyone's work is burned Meaning that some of us will have our works paint. Jesus Christ. That's not my wish for myself. Neither my wish for anybody who is laboring 
alongside the vision and the mission of International Prayer Resort Ministries. That is why God is talking to us as a church. And of course, to everybody who is connected as associates and partners with us in this ministry. Take heed how you build. Because if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. Can you imagine entering heaven? Yet you suffered loss. Somebody said, oh, but it doesn't matter. After all, I've gone to heaven. But be careful because if you have that kind of mentality, it is possible that if you don't take care, even the heaven, you will not even enter. Yeah. Until you work out your own salvation, if you are like a physical towards the things of God, if you are cold and your mind is that, oh, it doesn't matter. Once saved and I've entered heaven, then I'm okay. Then that's that lackadaisical attitude may even be the criteria why even when the trumpet sounds, you may not hear. So if you will be hot, he said be hot. And if you will be cold, be cold. God does not endorse lukewarmness. He does not celebrate lukewarmness. He does not, he does not put his glory on lukewarmness. It's either you are hot or you are cold. But if you are lukewarm, he says he will spit you out of his mouth. So if we say that we are partners with God, fellow workers with God, I just, I just want you to bear in mind, a fellow worker with God, what could be more honorable than being an, a, a fellow worker with God? Because if you are not there, God will still use anybody, any way. Jesus told the people, if you will not praise me, if you will not praise God, God can choose to raise stones out of, out of I mean, he can raise people, I mean, he can make these stones praise God. Somebody sang a song and said, if you can use anything, you can use me. I wish that that would be your cry in this fourth year as we journey from the third year to the fourth year. Lord, if you can use anything, if you use a donkey to speak with the voice of a man, if you use Moses' rod, if you use saliva from the Lord Jesus Christ himself, if you use the shadow of Peter, if you use aprons and handkerchiefs from Apostle Paul, then you can use me. I'm available, Lord. I present myself. I am here, Lord. I remember Reverend Isu told a story one day. He said, somebody said that, so I frame you, I frame you, I my back. Oh my God. I frame you, I frame you, my back. But he has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He has made us sons and daughters. And these sons must choose that even though I am a son, I make myself a servant in my father's kingdom. Because you are serving your father and you are doing your father's business. At the age of 12, Jesus asked his foster father, Joseph, and his mother, Mary, don't you know that I must be about my father's business? At the age of 12, and they did not understand what he said. Bible said they pondered these things in their hearts. At the age of 12, he had caught the vision that his father had a business. If you are a son and you're in your father's house and all you do is just eat and sleep and only servants in the house are working, how do you want to inherit your father's kingdom? How? If your father is not around and he leaves his property, his estate with you, will it continue? So it's better as sons, we make ourselves servants. We serve along those who are servants. Okay? 
I'm using that metaphorically. In this case, the unbelievers are the servants. God doesn't owe them thanks. But we as sons must choose to become servants so that we become fellow workers with God because he said, I will build. He is still building. He hasn't finished building his church, but he calls you and me to be partners with him. But without you, without me, he can still build it. He can, he can choose. God, God is, what's the word? He is, he is supreme. Maybe for want of a better expression. He is, he is God all by himself. Without me, he can do everything. But without him, we can do nothing. So if he has called us as fellow workers, take heed how you build. I don't wish that anybody will suffer loss. That is why I believe God wants us to share this message moving forward in our fourth year. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Did you hear that? In other words, even you, you will go through the same fire. He will look through you and the fire will just refine you and then you enter. But you suffer loss because the constitution of the material with which you built was not gold, was not silver, was not precious stone. Rather, it was wood. It was wood, hay, and straw. And those things don't survive fire. So, child of God, what am I saying? We're going to journey towards the fourth year. And by the grace of God, the foundation has been laid. Let me go back to verse 6 to tell you how we can build on the foundation. Verse 6. How do we build on the foundation? And I'll share another scripture with you. Verse 6 of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Apostle Paul said, I planted. Like some of us, we are planted. Then he said, Apollos watered. But God gave the increase. In the case of International Prayer Resort Ministries, it's not Apollos as a person that God has given us. God has given us a lot of people we can call the Apollos who have believed the vision and the mission of International Prayer Resort Ministries and have been called alongside the same vision and mission. Now, in the realm of the spirit, let me share something with you. In the realm of the spirit, when a word is spoken for the first time, it's a seed planted. Bible calls it, Bible calls it, I mean, the word of God, precious seed. Okay? It's a precious seed in the parable of the sower. It's a precious seed. So whenever the word of God is spoken for the first time, it's a seed that is planted. If that same word is re-echoed, is re-emphasized, anytime the same thing is said another time, you are watering that seed. Okay? Watering that seed. And in watering the seed, definitely the seed will germinate to become a seedling. And then it will grow into a tree. And then the tree will bear leaves and flowers. But how the tree bears fruit 
certainly it is not the authority and the jurisdiction of the farmer or the one who is watering the seed it is god who created the seed in the first place that allows the tree to bear fruit in the same vein when apostle paul said that i planted apollos watered but god gave the increase what he was saying was that i have laid the foundation apollos did not do anything other than what i did he only came to emphasize the same thing expounded upon apollos was an eloquent teacher and i know god is going to raise eloquent teachers amongst us but take heed how you build in the sense that it's not the eloquence it is the same material in the foundation that god wants amplified wants re-emphasis so that all the foundations that have been laid from 2017 september 2017 till now we can use the same material re-emphasize it reteach it i know there are ministries who have bought into the same thing that i'm teaching and in their case it is said that even the way you dress the way you communicate the way you minister it must be the same as that of the senior minister or the pioneer or the one who planted the work or laid the foundation i'm not advocating for that no because we have our individuality we have our uniqueness we have our various what's the word we have our various character traits and our temperaments that's the word and so therefore i don't expect some of us are charismatic preachers but others are phlegmatic in nature but can also communicate the same thing even with their phlegmatic nature because what what matters most is the anointing coming upon the individual it's not by mind it's not by power if we can allow the holy spirit to work on us we can take the same material that has been put in the foundation and god will anoint it the most important thing is the emphasis not the style not the gymnastics not the charismatism not the you understand some of us have been like the way we are since yesterday we finished praying and i remembered i said god this is what you called me to be me my real calling is an intercessor if you leave me i mean alone i will prefer the closet to just be an intercessor because that's my true calling it is because people gather around and we are not all at the same level of faith we don't have the same level of maturity we don't have the same level of understanding so you have to communicate what you know to those people so you can bring them to the same level but left to me alone ah i would wish that i would be in the closet because with or without me that work must be done with or without you that work must be done so i found i i I realized that this is a faithful calling that oh god called me to be an intercessor that is why our ministry has prayer in it international prayer resort ministries and it's not today this has started take note it is true that we started three years ago but right from 2005 into 2006 the ministry i pastored was called prayer resort that time there was no international it is because now we are going international that is why god added the international but it's the same 
pattern. And from 2006 into 2007, all that God was talking to me whenever I prayed, interceded, especially in the night hours, I was just documenting them only for me to realize that it was actually a, a manual for me. First and foremost, and for those who will buy into the same vision. And so by 2008, when I was wondering, this is a manual, so what can be the title? I just heard it clearly. It was an audible voice. The title is Occupied Till I Come. I said, wow. So I went back to the same materials and realized that then this was a manuscript for a book. So I started putting together and it became chapters. And it became a book. But you know that ever since International Prayer Resort Ministry started in September 2017, everything that I have taught and preached and done is still based on the same foundation in that book called Occupied Till I Come. I have not deviated by the grace of God. I have endeavored to follow the same pattern. So what I'm trying to say is that even me, I cannot do what God has not asked me to do. It's an intercessory calling. It's a calling on the people who will stand in the gap. Who understand what it means to, 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 to stop the enemy in his tracks. And at the same time, bring the grace of God to bear upon the people. So with or without me, with or without you, that intercessory work will be done. But because we are not all at the same level of faith, people come around. Some are not even born again. They get born again, so we must baptize them. So we teach the same teaching on Christian baptism in water, for instance. So people come and they have not received the Holy Ghost yet or they have misconception about receiving the Holy Ghost. The same message that we have preached about receiving the Holy Ghost or baptism in the Holy Spirit is what must be emphasized. Or amplify. When you are teaching the same thing, you are watering that seed. And you can even communicate it better. Because maybe the first time it was communicated, it was with a limited understanding. But as you meditate, you get a fresher and a better understanding. That's what I'm talking about. Not to let you be like me. No, we must be like Jesus. I like the confidence of Apostle Paul. He said, follow after me as I follow after Christ. Wow. I don't know whether I can say that. I don't know. I don't know whether you can also say that. But I wish that I would come to that place where I can also say that follow after me as I follow after Christ. But we have the pattern already laid in scripture. So we can follow after that pattern and not build our lives after any other pattern apart from Jesus Christ. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and it's now set at the right hand of God. Look unto Jesus. The foundation has been laid. Get back to Samuel Excellence Podcast. It's on our website. Some of us have never even bothered to check on, you know, the newly created website. Everything about the ministry is embedded there. Go to www.iprministries.com Everything is there. Some have never, never even tuned into the IP online radio before. They don't even know what goes on there. Thank God, all the messages we preach, the videos are now being uploaded also on YouTube. So you get everything on YouTube and everything has been on Facebook. Even there are some messages on Facebook right from the onset that are not even in the podcast nor on radio. Those were the times where our recording was not with that speciality. You understand? But the messages are there. But 
They were re-emphasized in the year 2018. So we didn't need to put all on the IP online radio on the podcast. But all I'm trying to say is that the material for the foundation is the same material with which we will build. Those who are called alongside this vision and mission, child of God, it's time for us to take heed how we build. It will be odd for somebody to come with, okay, let me give you a typical example. We have taught a lot. I'm going to give a typical example, then we can pray, okay? For instance, in one of my messages during the foundation era, I preached and explained the reason why God had to chase Adam and Eve from the garden after they ate of the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. If you remember, I did explain that when Adam disobeyed God, he inherited the sin nature. Because you inherit the nature of the one whose voice you listen to and obey. Already, Lucifer had become a rebel. And he is the originator of the rebellious nature, the sin nature. Okay? He is the originator. And he couldn't have that rebellious nature washed away because he is not flesh and blood. He is a spirit being. Angels were made from light. And so, and the law of God is that without a shedding of blood, there is no washing away or remission or remover of sins. There is no. So for Lucifer and his angels, it's a done deal. There is no room for repentance. There is no room. Think about it. And then he managed to intrude into Adam's world. And when he spoke to Eve, Eve was deceived because Eve was not around. When God gave the instruction to Adam, take note. So Adam should have known better. He should have rebuked the wife and said, Come on, that's not what God told me. Because Eve told the serpent, who was an instrument through whom Lucifer, who had now become Satan, operated. Eve said that God had told us not to even, he said, not to eat of this fruit, not even touch it. But God never said that, you know. How can you dress a garden without touching the tree or, or the leaves. So, Satan who knew the instruction because he had lived millions of years before Eve and Adam were created knew that the woman didn't have full knowledge. So, he capitalized on that. Satan takes advantage of ignorance. He capitalized on that ignorance and now penetrated into Eve's heart. And Eve left the covering of the husband. She should have conferred with Adam what this serpent is saying is it true or not unfortunately the Bible said that Adam was standing right there during the communication I don't know whether it was out of love excessive love for Eve said that he endorsed everything that Eve was doing he should have rebuked her because love rebukes love corrects the Bible says open rebuke is better than secret love so if you love somebody, you would want to help the person by correcting the person and see, listen, you are wrong. You are taking us out of the covering of the, of, of the almighty God. But Adam kept quiet. And very strangely, the Bible says that Eve take of the, um, took of the fruit, ate the fruit, and gave to Adam who was with, with her. Meaning Adam was standing right there. And when Adam ate the fruit, in his case, it was not deception. It was high treason. It was, it was an unpardonable sin. 
Because he knew the word of God and he so did contrary to the word of God. Come on. And as a result, he inherited the sin nature. The sin nature that Lucifer had inherited, it was passed to Adam as well. Because you inherit the nature of the one whose voice you listen to and obey. Can I say that again? You inherit the nature of the one whose voice you listen to and obey. So Adam inherited that nature. And unfortunately, because he was to multiply his seed on the earth, through his seed, he passed that nature to all his descendants. So when you read Romans chapter 3 verse 23, that says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It was not because man did wrong or those who were born after Adam did wrong, but it was because we were born with a sin nature. That is why when you meet somebody and say that, Oh, as for me, I'm not a sinner. I don't, I don't steal. I don't fornicate. I don't drink. I don't chase women. I don't chase men. I don't do this. Sin is not primarily what we do. It is who we are. We were born with that nature. And without then that nature being washed away. You cannot see the kingdom of God. If that nature is in you, you are like a leper on the outside. So under the old covenant, for instance, you find lepers ostracized. They were cut off from the kingdom. If somebody becomes leprous, you are cut off. You are made to stay outside the camp. That is to tell you that if you are the sin nature and you are not washed on the inside, you have no entry to the kingdom. That is why Jesus Christ looked at Nicodemus in the face and told him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless that sin nature is washed, come on, you cannot. It doesn't matter how nice you are in society, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, I'm saying something, I'm giving an example. So, out of love, please take note, God is love. If you want to use any word to describe God, there are so many things that God is. You know that song, bigger than what people say. Some say, you are good, you are kind, you are bigger than what some, some people say. The best word to summarize that all that God is, is love. God is love. He is love. Out of love, to tell you that love sometimes can can correct. Love does not endorse everything just because you love the person. No. If you love somebody, Bible says, which of you, if you have a father who loves you, will he not discipline you when you are doing wrong? If you are not disciplined as a son, then you are a bastard, but not a son. So, sons who are not corrected, who are not rebuked, who are not instructed in righteousness are bastards. They are grown or groomed to become bastards. So if somebody loves you, he will correct you that, hey, you are going out of shape. Come back to the lane. So out of love, do you know what God did? After Adam and Eve had eaten of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil and had inherited a sin nature quickly out of love, please take note, out of love, born of love, God chased them out of the garden. Come on, move, 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 move. And he moved them out of the garden. Somebody will interpret that to say that, ah, God is wicked. The garden he gave to Adam and Eve he had chased them out of it for them to go and now toil and dig the ground and bring. No, it was not wickedness. It was love. Think about his love. Think about his goodness. Think about his grace that brought us through. For as high as the heavens above, so great is the measure of our father's love. Think about his love. Why did God chase them out of the garden? Somebody will ask. Because, child of God, if they had stayed in the garden, and after God, even 
chased them out of the garden. You know what he did? He did not secure the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Please take note. Rather, God sent seraphim. Seraphim are angels with flaming souls. They are like, they are like angels of fire. He sent them to the garden to go and protect the tree of the fruit of life. Not the tree of the fruit of knowledge on good and evil, which they had already eaten, but the tree of the fruit of life. Why? Because if God had not done that and Adam and Eve came back to the garden and ate of that fruit as well, it would have meant that they would have lived forever in their sins. They had already inherited the sin nature. So if they had gone, if they had gone ahead to eat of the fruit of life, they would have lived forever in their sins and if you live forever in your sins it means you cannot die and if you cannot die what that means is that nobody can die as your substitute so if adam and eve had gone ahead okay to go and eat of the fruit of life after eating of the fruit of knowledge of good and evil and they had lived forever child of god would have all been born into this world alive forever in our sins and the only place for such people is Matthew 25 verse 41. The everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. The only place meant for people who live forever in their sins is the everlasting fire. So all of us would have gone into the everlasting fire. But thank God, God chased them out of the garden. God, out of love, booted them out of the garden so that they could go and die. And because they were diable, let me use the word diable, somebody could come and die as their substitute because you could not use animal blood to substitute for man it is man for man animal for animal bed for bed angel for angel so for us it had to take a human being that is why the word became flesh the word became a human being his name is jesus christ the word is a person that is why the word came as a human being and he came as a second adam the last adam as a matter of fact but when he rose again, he was raised as the second man, the second Adam. But he died as the last Adam. He took upon himself through the eternal spirit all the sins from the first Adam to the last but one Adam who is not yet born. He carried all our sins into his spirit. And he paid the price by shedding his blood which was not stained with sin. Adam's blood was stained with sin. So even if Adam had shed his blood, he still couldn't have removed our sins because his blood was already contaminated. But it had to take Jesus, the last Adam, who was in all points tempted like us we are, yet without sin. It had to take him to come and die for me and for you as our substitute. Now, this is what I've taught, okay? You can go back to the messages. It's in, it's, it's in our podcast. It's on IP Online Radio. It's on YouTube. It's on Facebook. But assuming somebody comes, okay, and also wants to teach the same thing. I'm just telling you how we can build on this foundation. This is a foundation that has been laid. And then somebody comes and then instead of explaining and expounding on what I've just shared, further for better understanding and deeper understanding, and the person that comes with a strange doctrine and comes to tell you and me that the fruit that Adam and Eve ate was not fruit but it was sex. They had sex and God is against sex. That is why God chased them out of the garden. You may be laughing, but that is actually a doctrine taught out there by some sex of people that the fruit they ate 
Ah, come on. Is God ashamed to say it was sex? If it was sex, check your Bible. Everybody who sinned, God was not silent about it. You check your Bible. Is it Abraham? Is it David? Is it Solomon? Is it even Apostle Peter? Apostle Paul stood face to face with him and, and rebuked him openly. Now what you are doing is wrong. So there is nothing that is hidden. As far as scripture is concerned, God is not ashamed to talk about our sins. If we were to be included in the canon of scripture, if we were to be included, I am sure that our many sins would have also been openly written in the books of the Bible. Many, many sins. So God is not ashamed to say it was sex, if it was sex. It was not sex. But assuming somebody comes, shout of God, I'm running up my message, and comes to teach such a strange doctrine, such a strange teaching. Should we absorb it just because the person is teaching? No. Take heed how you build. Because the building must be patterned after the foundation. If you come with a strange doctrine, it must be outrightly rejected. Period. That's all I'm communicating. That is not to say that you will say the way I said it, but say it the, the meaning, the implication, and say it in your own language. The meaning of that teaching, you can say the same thing by watering on the seed that has been planted. And then God will bring the increase. Because I see increase in a fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh year. That's what the Lord showed me. I see great increase. But it will happen when we take heed how we build. I'll show you one last scripture and then I can close. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Second Thessalonians 2, verse 15. The same Apostle Paul writing tells the church in Thessalonica, he tells them that. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions. The word tradition here is from the Greek word, which means teachings. Hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or by our epistle. That's my last word to you. Wherefore, brethren, after three years of laying the foundation, Stand fast and hold the teachings, the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or by our epistle. In our case, we have a lot of devotions that have been taught. Let's call it epistle or audio messages. Some have never been a part of our dawn broadcast. Messages are preached there. I even have to take it upon myself to take SFs and still send it across. I know what I'm doing. Let me tell you, child of God, I could have also chosen to sit somewhere and do my own business because I want to mind my own business. But because I didn't call myself, but I know the one who called me has said that anybody who comes around but doesn't have the same understanding the same communication as you endeavor to bring them to that level because two, if two shall agree on earth as touching anything that they pray about, it shall be done. Since we are called to pray together, I am, I am compelled by scripture to bring people to my level of understanding. That is why I teach. That is why I preach. Other than that, I would have chosen to just be in my closet 
and do it all by myself. And it will still have been done. But two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their labor. So we are laboring together. We are fellow workers. Whether you are Paul or Apollos, we labor together. But let everyone take heed how he builds on the foundation. But there is no foundation that is laid except that which is laid, Jesus Christ. I leave you with the blessings of God. And I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that the hand of the Lord will come upon your life. God's grace will multiply towards you as we journey from the third year to our fourth year. Let it be said that those that God has called alongside this vision, this mission, are equipped with better knowledge, better understanding, better inspiration, better enablings of the spirit, better giftings, better cooperation to build on the foundation that has been laid. And when all is said and done, may you receive your reward. May you not suffer loss. May your work never be wood or hay or straw. Rather let it be gold, silver or precious stone. So that when Jesus looks through your works with his eyes like a flame of fire, you will not suffer loss. But it shall be refined. It shall be purified. And so your works will follow you into the kingdom and you will receive your reward. But you receive that commendation at the last day that well done thou good and faithful servant it's not how big or how small that god requires from us no it is how faithful we are that is what he requires from you and me somebody may be in the closet may never be known another person may be on the pulpit always seen and known and heard at the end of the day god may give a greater throne to the one in the closet than the one who is on the pulpit why because maybe the one on the pulpit was not faithful but the one in the closet door nobody saw him or her but she or he maintained a quality work of faithfulness that is what god looks at because look at your heart and reward your labor in the name of the lord jesus christ if there is any temptation for you to have a motive other than god's motive may you escape that temptation may you not fall into that temptation i pray for you in this month our third anniversary month i pray that in this year this year of great awakening you will wake up in the name of jesus christ and those of us who are called alongside this vision and caught alongside this mission, we will start sharpening one another by watering the seed that has been planted, by building according to the pattern that has been laid and not lay any other foundation. May the Lord bless you with grace, bless you with glory, bless you with understanding, bless you with the supernatural. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bless you with the blessings of God. May you go places, may you have an extension of what IPR ministry stands for. That wherever you are, whatever you do, you will carry the same mission. You will be that what God will use to help this generation work with God and prepare a people ready for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. In Jesus' holy name. And everybody will say, Amen. Thank you, Lord.